you know, I guess start off talking about the uh, album and to get philosophical for a second uh, with with Light the Torch. Only question that's kind of smart, but uh, just to get philosophical for a second, with Light the Torch, was it just a matter of finding a new drummer and carrying on the same mission statement, or was there kind of a little bit of a, a change in philosophy or a refocus with Light the Torch as compared to Devil You Know? Uh, well, it was definitely just time for a change. I mean, it was definitely removing the drummer and removing that situation. That was one thing. But because of the amount of time that it lasts and we couldn't keep the trademark and it it was just time to do something different and it just seemed like the right thing to do for us is not keep the music the same too. So it was like, let's just start over. And a lot of things have changed, and a lot of things have changed for the better. So that's what we went with. So it was a little bit of a, a refocus of the music, because it seems to me like a little bit more more singing in this version of your band. Yeah, I, I've been uh, I've been kind of the screaming guy for <laughs> quite a bit of time. <laughs> so uh, stepping out and trying this was um, it, it was it felt like the right thing to do, just to make sure this was different. It ended up being a really fun process. and just glad everybody uh, came along with us for this. No, I love it. And and it's great. And, and it's something that's always been a part of your, your game, your repertoire, but it's nice to hear it kind of get some focus. And, and also, too, not, not alone, because Ryan really doing a, a ton of singing as well. Absolutely. I've said that before. Ryan could very easily be singing for his own band, but... <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, he, he wants to hang out with Fran and me. So, cool. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, just, and the more that we've been singing together, the more we're just going to be able to intertwine what we're doing. Uh, yeah, it, it's great having him with me. Yeah, he's kind of a nice, nice yin to your yang, so to speak. But uh, absolutely. And then let's talk a little bit about the this tour with Mark Morton uh, on a Monday night, bro. You're killing me. March the 25th at the Rocks. You got to come, come bring it on a Monday night. But uh, with Mark, is this like a, a pure rotating co-headlining, or is it kind of uh, predetermined who's doing what slot? Yeah, we're pretty much going to be uh, flip flopping. It's such a unique tour, just because of. Uh, you know, Mark taking a break from Lamb of God and getting to play some different material. And and so it's a, a quick run, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know how much it stinks for uh, for people to make it into uh, into downtown L.A. in, in a weekday. So if you make it, oh, we appreciate it. <laughs> we really do. When you guys play live now, especially if, if it is a co-headlining like this, like you got to fill out a whole set. Is it just going to be like the Torch music or are you going to dip into the Devil You Know catalog? at all or covers or anything else oh, I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll pull out a few w no songs for the uh, yeah for the longer set yeah we don't want to just play just the stuff off of this well we'd like to have a little more variety so we'll pull out some of the older stuff cool cool because I, I it's a shame I, I like that album and you know your last breath was my jam off the the last devil you know album so it's cool that oh, it, wow. it that uh, could still have some life out there in in, in the live scenario yeah it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a shame to not be able to use the name anymore and you know it, it's very strange to get rid of that much merchandise and everything <laughs> But, uh, but you know, at least some of the songs will still live on. So at least we have that. Speaking of uh, tours, I, I got to catch you on the uh, Trivium tour when Light the Torch opened up for Trivium and at, at, at the unique shows at the end of the tour at the House of Blues of Anaheim and kind of wanted to get the behind the scenes from you, how it all kind of went down, who, what, when, where, how, why were you going to fill in for Matt and kind of tell me if you would mind the, the behind the scenes on how that came together because you end up 
doing like half the set for a trivium after Matt had to leave the tour. Yeah. Um, well, Matt's wife was having twins, and and so we all just kind of banded together. Once we found out, say, like, oh, well, we can't just let the tour die. And plus, why not help out? I think they're just really good guys. The the music's fun, and and so it was like, okay, let's give it a whirl. Why not? That's really all there was to it. It's like, you know, those guys would do the same for for any other band. That's just how they are. So it's like, of course, we'll try and help out. So yeah, I ended up doing. I think. Uh, like nine songs in the set for them. We'd do our set, and then I'd uh, just kind of get out of everything that I pretty much sweat through and <laughs> go through the set with them. And yeah, it it ended up being a lot of fun. Didn't expect that. <laughs> just I didn't I didn't expect to just really do it because I didn't want their fans to feel disappointed. So I, it was it was just a lot more fun than I even thought it would be. And so it, those guys just made me feel really comfortable and. And yeah, I, we got to become really good friends because of it. It was a very unique experience, and getting to do that with uh, with those kinds of talented dudes, and uh, yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. Jared stepping in as well and helping out big time. But how long did you how how much advance notice did you have? Did you know like at the beginning of the tour, or was it like a, you had like a week to learn eight songs or? There was the possibility I had heard about it, but there was no way I had any time to try to memorize material or anything. I honestly was just unfamiliar with their material. I just wasn't. I just wasn't a listener. <laughs> you know, because you know I was quite depressed back in the day, so uh, a lot of times I just didn't listen to music. So I, I kind of lost my love for it. So I didn't listen to anything. Uh-huh. So I kind of discovered them, and that was the fun part of it: is just going through their catalog. So it really just kind of uh, during the tour, I started absorbing it, and you know, towards the end, you know, jumped up and gave it a whirl. And I'm so glad Johan came out and, and helped out. It was just, it was a lot of fun. It's one of those things that you, you can't forget because it was that unique. Glad to have been in the crowd that night and to get to witness that. Did you? I was just going to say, in, in wrapping up, did you have a favorite song? Do you have a favorite Trivium song now, or one that you really enjoyed performing? Wow. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I do like Until the World Goes Cold. I mean, the new album is also quite amazing. Yeah. I mean, it just really is. I Just front to back, it's a great album. But uh, yeah, that would be, I, I was, let's go with that. Let's say everything from the new album and Until the World Goes Cold. Love that song. Yeah, me too. It, instant classic. Like the first time I heard it, I yeah. was like, oh yeah, this is a good one. Hey, let me get you on uh, one other thing since we're talking about being uh, fans of, of music, which we all are ultimately. There was that talk in a couple show dates of the big four, right? Metallica and Slayer and Megadeth and Anthrax. And not that uh, that that's going on anymore, but those bands kind of got classified as as the big four. And I've been kind of working on the, the evolution of that and wanted to move it to the 90s and add one to it. And, and I've come up with the flannel five and one <laughs> one to get your take on this. So the flannel five consists of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilot, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and Curious out of the Flannel Five, who would be your favorite? Wow. I would have to say, off the bat, I'd go with Alice in Chains. Yeah. Uh, but all of them all of them are good in their own way. But yeah, that's pretty much the... Uh... That would have been pretty much the five I would have went with, too. But, yeah, I'd say Allison Chase. And why? Just was it the vocals, the guitar riffs? Like, what, what was it for you? 
yeah, it was all of that. This, <laughs> the music was subtle and heavy at times. The vocals, just the the melodies and the harmonies were great. And I don't know, I'm just kind of naturally drawn to music that's sad or melancholy. And those guys, it just, you felt what they were going through. And there's just something about that. Do you have a favorite uh, a favorite song to, to grab you for a favorite song to play on the radio? Wow, a favorite I love the song Wood. And there's too many. Um, Rain When I Die. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could go on and on. But those are, the, those are the first ones that come to my mind. Rain When I Die, is, that's, that's just a fantastic song. If you don't like it, you're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it sounded very emphatic, though. I, I loved it, though. <laughs> That was great. And just a couple other things for you real quick, Howard. I do have to say in in, in this world where there's so much division going on and and everything, it is great to see it from a fan perspective, uh, all all the love and and happiness between you and and Jesse and the Kill Switch guys and jumping up and playing with them and recording with them. It's really warms my heart in in this darking times. (laughs) It's good to see that the metal is doing some good out there, that we we can get along and, and everyone can be happy. Well, that's awesome. You know, if uh, if that has an effect on people, then that's just amazing because we're all just a bunch of silly dudes who like doing what we do and fortunately are still friends. So, yeah, I mean, it was a blast to do that stuff and just to be able to hang out with those guys again. And I'm a lucky guy. As a fan, like I said, it it really warms my heart. And it's crazy. We're coming up really on uh, the 15th anniversary of uh, the end of heartache. And just thinking back to that that time, can you believe it's been 15 years? I think what May is going to be 15 years. Oh, wow. I feel very old hearing that. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess it has been. Wow. I hadn't thought of that at all. I mean, can you can you think back to that time where you were 15 years ago compared to the guy today? Yeah, I think I was uh, wondering what in the world was going on. <laughs> I, I was baffled at what was happening. It all happened it so was, quickly. It was very confusing. Oh, yeah, real quick and real confusing for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a real strange time. It was like this, what happened? We were just playing these tiny shows, and then all this stuff is happening now. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, younger me was very, very confused. <laughs> Rose of Sharon was really a song that uh, had, had a big impact on, on me and helped get me through some dark times. And, and I feel like really kind of put your stamp on the band at that time, too. A, a really personal song for you. Yeah, I, well, I appreciate that. And uh, I didn't expect to get that sort of response from it. it it's I mean, It's been amazing. But yeah, I it just felt like the right thing, like what I had written fit at the music and I was very surprised at how well it fit. I'm like, okay, uh, I think this is good, but I just didn't expect the the words that I would hear from uh, from what the song was for people. And for those that don't know, it was about your grandmother, correct? Oh, I've never really spoken about that. And <laughs> you can go ahead and make any assumption you like about who that would be. Well, for for me, it, for me, it got it got me through a, a loss of a friend of a coworker, and, and it's kind of taken on a whole new meaning since then. So I appreciate oh, I, it. I completely understand. Uh, but yeah, I've been asked that quite a bit throughout the years uh, to that pertain to, and yeah, I just don't say. Okay. Well, to, to, to not get too uh, to not get too dark to end on kind of a happier happier mood. Are, are you excited for this Motley Crue movie, or what do you think? Now that the trailer's been out there, are you going to watch it? What do you think? Are you excited for it? Here's 
what's strange is like a lot of times I don't watch a lot of uh, of like music documentaries because it's what we do all the time. This one, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because it's going to be absolutely nutty. I mean, I I haven't even read their books. I haven't read the books or anything like that. So I I want to see this and then go back and read the book. Yeah, and I think then I might actually venture into it because I have been curious. So now I'll watch it and then uh, and maybe pick up a little more of the detail. So yeah, <laughs> let's, let's give her a whirl. You know, I'm hoping that this is kind of everything that, that Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't. I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody is very PG-13. I feel like this Motley one's going to be like the, the R-rated, maybe even X-rated, you know, kind of sex yeah. drugs and rock and roll. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard too, that... Uh, Bohemia didn't explore everything they that it could have. I heard it was good, but just it didn't touch on a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, this Molly. Hey, one other thing I wanted to get you on, you're uh, kind of infamous for being a, a Christian metal fan and, and a big Striper fan. And uh, somehow somehow Michael Sweet follows me on, on Twitter. I don't know why, but, it, but it, tell, tell me the benefits. What am I missing out on in Christian metal and, and sell me on that music? <laughs> okay, well, basically, Richard Christie, Chris Jericho and I have this huge love for some of the uh, 80s uh, Christian metal, some of the, you know, quote-unquote hair metal and everything, but just Striper was one of the bands that really stood out, and even now, they still sound so amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that band just always delivers. And, you know, we ended up having a few podcasts and talking about Striper on and we went to see them, and just it, it's just been really cool like, when hanging out with a couple guys who enjoy it like we do, and just there's, little, there's just nothing but love for those guys. That's just what it is. So, don't ask me how it happened, just three dudes <laughs> just discovered that we love the same band. <laughs> We're like, what? You do too? Yeah, and yeah, it just went from there. So, yeah, this uh, ongoing group text has been going for, I don't know, three, four years now. We talk a lot about Striper. <laughs> what is the one Striper album? If I'm going to go listen to an album, what's what's the one album to go listen to? Wow. I mean, there's none that you're really going to go wrong with. But <laughs> let's just say four classics say, go with the hell with the devil. That's their classic. And then, you know, the Michael Sweet solo album he put out a year or two ago, I thought was really good. And He's got several solo albums. Those things hammer. His voice is still shockingly good. I mean, wow. He's got such a great sense of melody. He can hit some notes that just... That'll just hurt your feelings. It, it, it's amazing. <laughs> and and the dude can shred, too. He can play some guitar. Absolutely. He is singing, and he is shredding. That man can play. <laughs> I almost think that one day you and, and Jericho and Richard Christie need to form a band somehow in some way. Yeah, we'll just do a Striper cover band. Okay. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. <laughs> Howard, thank you so much for the time, man. It was a blast talking to you. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios.